Can I help you? What do you want? All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of School. This is a bonus episode um, because we had some offline conversations or off-recording conversations that we thought would be good to have amongst our audience and with some of our guests that we've had during this Black in Education series. So I am Liv. And I'm Mel. And we have Brittany who joined us in our um, regular Black episode. I love that title. (laughs) And we have Wallace and we have Chris who joined us in our Um, or you will hear in our upcoming Black Male in Education episode. So this conversation came up in, like I said, many conversations offline. And if you don't know what we're talking about, today we're going to be quickly just talking about um, J. Cole and No Name. So if you're not familiar with these two folks or whatever is going on, um, J. Cole, of course, is a rapper. No name is rapper slash activist. And so J. Cole recently released a song, a surprise single titled Snow on the Bluff. And in the song, he discusses um, kind of his uh, inadequacy as far as like the activism is concerned. And he addresses but doesn't directly address no name in some of his lyrics and then she rebuttals with her own track and so the internets have been having a field day with um dissecting these two particular songs and the larger conversation that is presented in the song so we have some of our guests here who are passionate about these topics um we're all educator positioning in the framework of like education and like how this conversation also lends itself to what we see or hear a lot of times in our realm. Let's see, does anyone like want to start off the conversation? I don't know which side wants to go first. Okay, so as I understand it, J. Cole released the song, as you said, and in the song, he's talking about how people have the impression that he is this Exactly what we were talking about, you know, this rapper slash activist, like this person who's out there who's very, very aware, he's very woke, and uh, you know, and they think they think this because they've seen them in marches, they've seen them involved in the Black Lives Matter movement in different areas, and he was saying how you know they think that because he's got a college degree, they think he's really smart, but there's this one, this girl, he mentioned this girl, we all know now to be no name, and how <clears throat> basically she. Uh, I won't say targets in like an online bully type of way, but how she somehow speak down to celebrities who she feels aren't doing enough or who don't know enough or who don't, who aren't doing the right type of, of, of activism as far as, you know, as far as I can tell through, through his lyrics. And he's basically just saying, you know, like, I understand you, how you feel, you know, a little upset with me, but how about maybe not coming the way that you're coming? And, and the response to what he was saying, and we can go deeper into it, was, was a big backlash towards him. Like, people were really angry that he would criticize a Black woman on her tone and that he would address how she speaks about issues and how she speaks to people about this issue when, you know, and at the time, there were so many, um, there were a, a lot of incidents of violence against Black women, specifically Black women involved in the uh, movement. And, you know, how it was just sort of tone deaf on his part and how he wasn't necessarily 
embracing, I guess, the reality of the situation. They criticized him for policing her tone. They criticized him for being angry, being upset that he wanted her to dumb it down for him, or he wanted her to do all the work. And you know, then you started hearing all these claims of misogyny and the patriarchy and sexism, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kind of took issue with the backlash when it came to that. Now, there was also the part of his verse where he was criticizing her um, or kind of giving this, he was giving this uh, impression of who he thought she was. And if that is not accurate, because I don't really know much about No Name, I really didn't know, didn't even know who she was until the song came out. Um, those parts, now there, like, there are some parts of the criticism that are valid. Like, you know, if you don't know the girl and you're making these assumptions about who she is or where she's from or what she knows, then, and they're invalid, then you are 100% deserving of whatever critique and criticism you get in regards to making those claims. Um, but I took from his song a message. What I took from the song, you know, his message was was way different than, I guess, what everyone was responding to with the backlash. I, I didn't quite understand or agree with the level of backlash that was coming at him. So I, I told people, like, listen, from a Black male teacher's perspective, just, just hearing it, you have to be aware that if you know something, if you're an activist, if you're involved in this movement, then your responsibility when you choose to be an activist, when you choose to be a leader of this movement, is to also be an educator. It's, it, you have no choice. You know, you understanding and knowledge is key to success in the movement. And you have to do more than tell people, read a book. I read the book, so you go and read the book. You know, do the work yourselves. Google is free. And that sort of, that sort of just became the the meat of the criticism from from people so i guess my issue was less with no name like i didn't really have a problem with with her as much as i did the the people's response to how he was expressing his feelings on the idea that there are people who are super educated in the movement who are very much aware of the issues and the language around the issues and the history surrounding the issues who feel like people in his position should be doing more and should know more and should be doing it better, um, but for whatever reason or not. I think that the criticism that was directed to him, I felt was unfair. So I'm interested to hear directly from someone, you know, on that side to maybe sort of get a better understanding of, of what it was that they, I guess, really rubbed people the wrong way because, you know, Twitter and 140 characters, 140 character limit kind of stops you from being able to get a full throated in understanding or response from people when they're wanting those those critiques. Um, but I, I just thoroughly disagree and I want to save some of my, my comments until you know I get some I want to hear from the other side and then we can engage in that 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 discourse I guess because I don't I don't get why it was such a negative response and why the misogyny and the patriarchy, you know, or those those uh, accusations got lobbed out immediately, like within seconds. I'd love to jump in. Um, so thank you for having me on and appreciate all the comments uh, we've made thus far. Um, I want to start by saying perhaps the most impactful time as like of my own growth as an activist was when I was having a Twitter beef with, I actually think she was a white woman at the time, but she had called me a misogynist. And I've been fighting for justice my entire life. So for, for a woman to call me a misogynist, I really had to just stop and check myself. And after some reflection, in that moment, I was being very misogynistic. Um, and I think we need to have a, an honest conversation about what misogyny is. 
Because, um, and I, I think we have to have another honest conversation about the, the fact that as a black man, we can be oppressive towards our black women um, in the little subtle ways that we do and in, in many overt ways too. And I think the problem with this J. Cole no name issue is that folks, J. Cole and like folks on his side of the, of the argument, if that's the right term, are just totally fabricating no names narrative. If you look at like, there's one line in um, Snow on the Bluff where J. Cole is like, uh, with, uh, with parents that know about the struggle for liberation, yada, yada, yada. So like, if like, all it took was a, a Wikipedia search to realize that no name didn't come from a two parent household. She was raised by her grandparents and had a very strenuous relationship with her mother. So like, if you, you can't start an argument off a false premise. And the, the, the second fabrication is just like, I, I think we are, we're projecting on no name some frustration on being called out uh, for some oppressive um, practices. I mean, no name's not out here saying go read a book or research it yourself. If you, you look at her Twitter feed and see that she's posting the resource, she started a book club to get the, the right books out to folks. I mean, I just, it, it's just an unfair attack on her tone and the advocacy that she's trying to do. And I think it's coming out of a good place of, of black men and, and other activists not wanting to see themselves as oppressive or misogynistic. But I think they, to have the right type of growth, we have to have an honest, an honest conversation about our own roles in this movement. Okay. And that's, and I, and I, I definitely understand, you know, that, that part, like, okay, you don't, you don't know the girl, you don't know the girl, you don't know her life, you don't know her life. So that, that's fair. And, and I, I'm just, I don't want to splice words here, but you know, he says, she strikes me as the kind, you know, and, and we, that's, that's saying you give me the impression. That's me saying, I don't, I don't know your life. I don't know your story, but just based off what you're giving me, here's the impression that I'm getting, right? So if she, you know, if that say she wasn't raised in the kind of home that he's speaking of, I think that, the, and I don't think that being in a two-parent home and having these things that he lists are necessarily a bad thing, you know? Um, but I think he says something more about the, the impression that she's given off. And I think he made that comment to sort of like, feed into his later lines. So I'm going to read what he says. He said, um, she strikes me as somebody blessed enough to grow up in a conscious environment with parents that know about the struggle for liberation and in turn they provide her with the respective and awareness of the system and the unfairness that inflicts them. The clearest understanding of what we got to do to get free. How many times have we met people who seem educated, who seem like they know a lot, and we assume because of that impression that they, are, they have this, they come from that, they go boom, 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 boom. So, of course, we can always develop faulty impressions off of people. And this isn't, and I don't think that she should be criticized for giving off the impression that she's educated and well-versed on something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I don't think that's, that's fair at all. But I do think what he was saying with that is like, you know, you strike me as somebody who comes from a place of privilege. Even if you don't come from a place of privilege, I want you to understand that this is the impression that your tone is giving me. I have had people who, who will assume that, oh, well, we don't all got what you got, don't do it, da 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 because of the way I might have taught, the way I may have my position on certain issues. I think that that's caused me to look back at what I said and say, well, what did I do or say to sort of give that impression that I was privileged? And that does, again, I don't think that it's a valid criticism of her to say, well, you come from this place. I don't think that that's an issue, but it is sort of clarifying the impression he's getting from her tone. Um, I think the most important lines to me were the ones where he said, you know, how you gonna leave 
just because you're woke and I'm not, that shit ain't no reason to talk like you're better than me. And, and that part, she can say, oh, I'm not talking like you better than me. And I think it's all about perception at that point. There's a point where we have to hear someone say, I believe you when you say you don't think you're better than me, but I need you to understand that what you said or how you, how you said it or what you did or however, there was something about your actions that gave off that impression. I want to hear what the ladies have to say about this. Um, just to kind of give like the other side or from another, from a female perspective, what were your thoughts on it? Male or Brittany? Okay, I was going to wait for Brittany to go. I'm trying to think of where to start. So I understand like tone, delivery, and messenger message relationship. So I got that part. I think what the issue here is just understanding identities in context. So if you are, to me, I think is, if you understand like the black woman's struggle in America, then you can't really say like, oh, this person thinks they're better than me or this person is more privileged than me if you fully understand that dynamic in that context of American history. So if you understand that, then that's one thing. The other piece is like the blind accusations that he had as if she were targeting everything that she was saying directly at him. I know there's a old Negro parable that says, if a hit dog hollers, you know, sure, mm-hmm. I was talking about. So, like, I think it more so came from his own guilt and also his own, like, identity or issues or insecurities around identity as a biracial man who was raised mm-hmm. by a white woman. Mm-hmm. So, I think when you put all of that together in the mix, and then also context, the time that he decided to release this, it just was not, like, read the room. It was not a good time for you to decide to lash out on Black women in the midst of so much violence that was happening against black women Mm -hmm. and so the thing that the misogyny comes in or that piece comes in when you have black men who are fiercely debating that they basically all lives mattering black women on twitter and on social media saying that oh no black women don't suffer black women don't you know have these issues and things like that like black black men matter and black men are the ones who are risk so when you have that conversation happening Mm -hmm. as a result of people discussing this song that's when it becomes problematic and like I think the best way or that I can kind of like wrap my mind around all of this is through um, Bell Hooks wrote a book, Ain't I a Woman, about Black women and feminism. And she talked about the way in which Black men and white women can both oppress people and the way in which Black women do not have that option to oppress because they don't have either of those privileges as a man or whiteness. And so I think really that work and like understanding just the role of black women, I think people get so caught up in the idea that like, you know, some of these statistics that are also problematic about like black women, you know, being business owners or black women having more degrees than black men and all these other things that people wrap up that up and say that, oh, like black women have an easier experience. They're more privileged than black women. That's just not the truth. So I kind of wanted to kind of hear from both sides first because I feel like I'm one of the more not completely neutral don't get me wrong but the more in the middle of the spectrum of the conversation because I think they're both wrong and they're both right 
period. Here's why I guess I swing more towards um, no name side. Um, Zora Neale Hurston said it best for me, and I'm paraphrasing for the sake of language, but the black woman is the mule of the world. Um, the world beats on the black man, and then the black man comes home, and not necessarily just romantically home, but even back to the community, and beats on the black woman, even with words or actions or lack of protection or treatment because he feels so exposed and underappreciated and stuff like that. <laughs> Given my, my situation, I can't claim to be as well versed in romantic love of the black man, but um, in honoring my father's brothers and all of that, I've come to understand that they want a certain gentleness and reassurance from black women that we're not usually in the mood to give because the world is so like coming down on us. And what mm -hmm. frustrates me about both parties in this is that this is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. We do not have time right now right, amongst ourselves. And I feel like cancel culture has really like hurt our ability to communicate about what each yeah. of us are frustrated or um, feeling dismissed or mistreated about without it being such a volatile conversation. The fact that No Name even called rappers out, even though she did not say J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, it was pretty clear when she said their full like whole discography is about the black pain and struggle and stuff like that. It's like, it can only be, <laughs> and, and favorite rappers and stuff, it kind of could only be them too because they hadn't yeah. said anything publicly in social media at that time. But I was confused because I'm like, but sis, we know they're pro-black. We know they're for them because they have years of evidence mm -hmm. of speaking up and being active in protest. So I did not get what the point was of being upset over not seeing their tweets. There are much more impactful ways than necessarily the tweets to be fighting the fight in, in spreading because we don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. So I get a little irritated when people are policing how someone else should act, be, act, be active in the, in the fight. And then I agree that J. Cole's response was absolutely ill-timed and irresponsible and just irrelevant. It's not, we don't have time for that right now. But at the same time, I think his, because he said what he said about the tone and treat people like children and stuff like that, his overall point got lost as well because this was a stream mm -hmm. of consciousness of his own feelings and his own experience mm -hmm. and how he felt triggered. He admitted within the same song that he felt like he wasn't doing enough and stuff like that. So I feel like the context of what he was saying, we kind of just stopped right at the part that pissed us off and we didn't really get what he was trying to say, but he just didn't need to be saying it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. in time when like you just kind of wrote down your thought stream of consciousness and kept that shit to yourself like it could have absolutely stayed on the draft maybe it could have even came out on an album later on when right. we kind of healed his like in response like black women are dying right now <laughs> like are being killed and are not being advocated for and protected mm -hmm. with the same veracity as black men were and that's where the imbalance was and everything but here's why i say both wrong and both right i feel like as a community if no one else is going to do it we do owe each other a certain level of patience and gentleness when we know that we're on the same side i can see yeah. when nothing in mm -hmm. someone's history has ever pointed to 
them being pro-black and supportive of the causes that affect the community that, that they benefit from. But when we have evidence to know otherwise, we can't get so caught up in what each other is doing and stuff like that. Cause that could have been a private conversation too. Like, Hey, why you ain't, why haven't you yeah. tweeted? But we're doing stuff in front of the rest of the community mm. and they jump in with their toxicity mm-hmm. on both sides. It was too mm, much. Right. And then, and also in front of the white gays too much. Yeah. This was, yeah. this yeah. was an in-house conversation. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't mm-hmm. understand why we feel the need to call people out that are actually mm-hmm. on the same side as us. So I feel like it was a total waste of time. And she even responded and like her response kind of summed it all up with everything going on. You talking about me? And uh, was it song number 33 or something mm-hmm. like that? Like with everything going on, me, bruh? Like you talking you know, about me? No, like sometimes when you are caught up in all of it, you just like want to do something. So mm-hmm. rather than calling in, you call out because you're like, how mm-hmm. can I get the quickest response? And let's mm-hmm. be honest, people do respond quickly to a call out sure do. in hip hop culture. So sure people do. are not as likely to, you know, respond to a, hey, let's have a constructive conversation. So that way yeah. we can build as a community. Like that, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is not something that works in the hip hop community. Right, we ain't quite. So um, I get it, but I think using her cultural um, understanding of the culture, like this is mm -hmm. how I. But even if she wasn't, honestly, I don't even know if she said what she said expecting a response. I don't think she did. I think it was just one of those late night Twitter like rant. Yeah, and and I, 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 yeah, probably not. It went kind of like, oh, he saw it, and he was also in his chest because he wants to react or do something about everything that's going on. And so the reaction is, I can immediately, like, make this song, and it's totally counterproductive. And like you said, Brittany, in terms of the white gays, like, there are just some conversations that have to happen between us, but if we don't know how to communicate as, like, Black men and women, then it's hard to have those conversations i want us i want i just want us as a community to slow down on how quickly we place labels on one another also um Mm -hmm. like it's one thing to say that something you said is misogynistic and there's another entirely different thing Mm -hmm. to say someone is a misogynist and i think Mm -hmm. that's a little bit um messy when we just throw that at people are you know to say that they're fake and there's evidence in the past that supported you know them being a part of the movement but right but it depends though because it does honestly and i mean i've been listening to j cole like since the mixtape days Mm -hmm. albums that were trash um so honestly like and i'm not saying i don't i think what he said was misogynistic i don't think he's a misogynist but i think sometimes when you have all the evidence there that this person may have misogynist ideals, then sometimes you do have a misogynist there. So like, very true. And to your point, I also think like, you like, you, you like activist, non-activist, like any individual needs to be able to accept that at any moment, they could in that problematic or problematic in any way. Yeah. Regardless of gender or race, like yeah. that self awareness so, is important. And I also think that sometimes, in addition to the like being able to have conversations and the gentleness that Brittany talked about, we also have to be okay with being held accountable. Absolutely. And I think just across the board, man, woman, 
in the black community, there's an issue with accountability. Can I jump um, in and say that I think along with, so like Courtney said, both and, yeah. Um, I think there's an issue with accountability and an issue with humbleness as well. Yeah. Like if mm-hmm. I don't know something, I need to be humble enough to say like, I don't know. I don't know. And I need to be humble enough to reach out to people that do know. And, you mm-hmm. know, um, sometimes for men and even women, it's hard to be like, I don't know something, teach me, especially when that um, instruction may come from somebody you deem like, less than or not your equal or whatever mm-hmm. so um I, yeah i do think we need to be accountable and we need to be humble enough to you know say what we don't know yeah and also <laughs> humble enough to admit when you know when like you just said if, if my instruction is coming from someone who who i don't necessarily see as less than humble enough and, and, and self-aware enough to be able to say i i feel like you think you're better than me or or the deeper one i feel like you're better than me and then to hear from something and then to hear you talk to me when I'm already so low-key resentful for my own reasons. Like, like in my head, I, I feel mm-hmm. insecure about something. You know what I'm saying? And now I got to learn from the person who I feel is stronger, better, smarter, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be rebellious against it. You're going to be resentful of that. And it's going to fuel mm-hmm. that, that unwillingness to learn. And that just comes from a self-awareness. It comes from yeah. you being aware of your own thought process. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we, we teach kids and we see kids buck against our instruction all the time when we know that we're coming from the purest place in our heart, even when holding people accountable. We know that when we hold our kids accountable, we're coming from the authority that we that, that we have and that we know we've earned. So we're confident in that. But we're also coming from a place of love. We're coming from a place of instruction. We're coming from a place of guidance. They, however, don't always. They will feel like that the way we said something to them that's why I'm not going to do it. Or because I said it in front of these people, oh, well, now I got the book up against it. Like, I like the comment where, you know, it could have been a reach out. Someone could have so, someone could have said, if you really felt like people weren't being active enough, here's a DM to say, hey, listen, I love your platform. You got a lot of power. I haven't seen you doing such and such. Join me on this. Or here are some ideas of something you could do. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just like, right. it, I'm, not, I'm not trying to police the tone, but we do need, we don't always have to be gentle. We just need to be effective. Mm-hmm. We need to be effective at, re- at reaching the person before we can make a point. We got to get past their guard to make that point. And then we also have to be okay when people don't respond the way that we want them to respond. And mm-hmm. so even if we are reaching out to people to be like, hey, let's do this work together, everybody may not be on that same level or have that capacity to do that for whatever reason, whether they is they have the knowledge or not, or whether it's just that they just, they can't because they got mm-hmm. stuff going on. Like, so I think we also have to be aware of that. And like I said, I don't think that either of them intended for this to be a national conversation, but I think because it like impacted or reflected so many um issues within the community itself um between men and women that's kind of how it got imploded into that and I mean I don't know I think no name actually she came out and said like hey I'm sorry if I was distracting from the work but I think we all kind of get caught up in things that um because it's easier to deflect like your pain than actually address some of the pain that you're having so I think it was a huge like issue of deflecting and projecting some of those issues onto one another instead of 
actually getting to the root of it. I pose this question. I'm like, wait, keep going. I didn't cut you off. No, go ahead. I pose this question. Let's say J. Cole had said the exact same thing, right? But it wasn't no name he was targeting. It was a male activist that he was targeting. Would it then be misogyny? If, if, if criticism no. is criticism and, and criticism no. is fair, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what gives me. If, if, it's, if it's just pure criticism, but if that, I'm just but criticizing that's, where you come that's from. that's misogyny. Like, misogyny has to do with the whole, like, you can't take the identity piece away from it, though. So that's, so that, that's my question. Is like, if I can, if, if the critique is, hey, you're a, you're a person in power, or you're a person with, with a platform, and you, you're, the way that you're coming at people like me and people who listen to me is ineffective. And here's why, right? If the words were the same, but we just changed the pronouns, is it really, because mis- I, I, I took misogyny, and, and, and this is an educating moment for me. You know, I see misogyny and sexism as like intentional, deliberate, and fueled by your gender. It's because you're a woman that I'm saying these things to you. Your, 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 your femininity, your, your identity as a woman makes you less than, or make, is the reason that I'm launching this criticism. And as opposed to your position, your 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 title, your your position of power is why I'm launching this criticism. And I think, or if it had come from a woman, if a woman had said the exact same things to no name, would it then be misogyny? Because if if not, then that's where I think it gets frustrating for men because it's like, damn, just because I have a, a male anatomy, but my ideas how, have to go through a filter. But that's the thing, like you also you have to understand your identity and your privilege and whatever your privilege is in your identity and that's part of that like self-awareness piece because it does change depending on who you are talking to like if j cole had been a white man who was saying this to a black man the meaning probably would have still been problematic because you have to understand your privilege and your level of privilege and power in the historic context of that or the social context of that and so you, it's not like you can remove that and say, well, oh, well, it's not a problem because if this person wasn't a woman, it wouldn't have been misogynistic when misogyny just is about women. I don't think all the time that misogyny is intentional, just like racial microaggressions aren't always intentional, but it still happens. People still say it, people still do it, not with the intention to be hateful, but it still carries that. And that's just because we were, we have been socialized in a, white patriarchal society so some of the things that we do and say even though we don't want to identify ourselves as that still carry that burden or those same like conflicts so like i know for me sometimes and i'm a black woman who identifies as a black cisgender woman i sometimes say things that are misogynist or have tinges of misogyny in them because i am growing up and have been socialized in a white patriarchal society so sometimes I may say something that may be problematic to somebody who is female. So and I think it goes both ways, but it can't, like, we can't negate the identity factors. I think true effective communication is informed communication. Like, like Melody is saying, like, uh, like Mel is saying, you you can't discount who you're talking to and but that goes for both sides you have to understand the pressures of the black man and you have to understand the exposure that the black woman feels and the lack of protection that she feels you have to understand mm-hmm. um even the history of the person that you're talking to like um kind of like he spoke to um jay Cole said you strike me as someone like this but he could have wow you know 
drafting this up, <laughs> done a little um, look into her past and her history and where she came from. And yeah. she could have also considered his past record instead of like coming as accusatory. Like she said, you're not even willing to put up a tweet kind of thing. And it's like, that's not necessarily the case. There may be mm -hmm. something more to that. And so there's informed communication based on the person as individuals and as their identities within the community. So like I said, I just feel like within our community, we owe it to each other to do better and to try to, you know, put forth the effort to be a source of comfort and conflict resolution if no one else is going to do that for us. Right. And it's okay to take a step back and think about, okay, who am I in terms of the situation and who is this person that I'm talking to and how can I best get my message across to this person that, that I'm trying to get my message across to based off of that context? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Work. That's valid. It takes work. And I think we just we need to make sure that we do the work within our, again, within our communities to make sure that everyone, one, that we, we feel confident in that, that we learn how to communicate in a way that we are confident communicating to each other about these things. And that you don't have, because what you don't want to happen is, you know, this type of issue pops up and then there are men like, well, I just ain't going to say shit since every time I say something, it's right. a problem. Because that's, that's so unhelpful. You know, like you, you've got a voice. And the voice needs to be needs to be used, and it needs to. And that's why I think we should do. Like uh, I think Brittany was the one to say, cancel culture has become really, really problematic, very toxic. We've got to really learn how to educate each other and educate those who are being problematic. If there's room, when we see that there's like this is a result of just you not knowing or you not understanding. And once, because then once we do, then we take that voice that was already loud and already out here and willing to project. And we've, we've, we've refined it. We've, we've made it more effective because we've caught the mistakes in it. But we have to, you know what I'm saying? And that's two-sided. It's not like you just got to be nice enough so that you don't make people not want to talk. It's, you know, you got, to, you got to learn how to take criticism and to hear the love in it, even if it came harsh. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it ain't always going to be soft and fluffy and kind. Right. And so there is a definitely a middle ground and I think if both sides can can acknowledge like yeah okay I, I came at you a little hard on, 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 in, in my response and in my initial delivery how can how can I do it right the next time then we're good because I just don't want to turn people off from the movement it's too important of a cause and this is too powerful of a moment in time in history for our generation especially when all our movements were in textbooks and now we get to walk in one I don't want anyone feeling like, well, I just can't be in it because they got a problem with me or da 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 We really need to make sure that we can receive the education and, and deliver that education so that we can accomplish these goals. Absolutely. And just to like wrap it up, I think, you know, people just need to like, you got to slay your ego a little bit. Yeah. I let that ego thing go um, and put your ego to the side to be willing to do the work. So good. I enjoyed it. I really did. I'm not just saying it. Because <laughs> I think it, it spoke to a lot of what, a lot of different conversations that, that I've had with people, like the issues with cancel culture, the issues with um, folks, especially our generation, um, not learning how to communicate growing up, but we're getting to that now. But um, that communication or learning how to communicate is public just because of the platforms we choose. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you um, create these larger conversations and these issues that don't really need to be issues. We just need to learn how to communicate right. um, and listen to each other. So 
this mm-hmm. was just a that little bonus good. episode um quick conversation we had to get out but we hope that you've been able to um glean something from it and Look at you. biblical biblical so, glean. i was asking people i said is glean a church word and so i got yes and no <laughs> but i asked church people so they would have told me no so anyway <laughs> I hope Ruth was leaning in the field when she met Boaz. Come on, scripture. This conversation and that you take that back to whatever um, you are and that you are more um, willing to listen and to communicate with people as we continue to move forward. And learn. Yes, and learn. As we create um, a better society for all of us and as educators as we create equitable learning environments for all all right thank you for listening we will chat with y'all next week can i help you what do you want